The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at WeebyGeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the Geek Revolution. Want to know more? This is a Danger Entertainment podcast. DangerEntertainment.net. Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. With podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio. Expression through innovation. To another issue, no, episode of <laughs> Wookie Radio. Oh my lord! What show are you on? Huh? What show were you on again? <laughs> uh, yeah, that one. Uh, it is Wookie Radio. Uh, we are the Smugglers Three. Kylan, Eric, and I mean Ken, Derek, and Mike. <laughs> you guys do it. I might as well roll with it because I've already blown it. Yeah. How you guys doing? Well, if I, if I was, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Whoever I am, yeah. <laughs> Throwing you off, Mike. It's just the three of us. Just the three of us. Sorry. It's been a long time since we had that. Yeah, it has. So we get a break this week, and next week we're right back at more than three again. But I will say it's been a blast the last few weeks having Tom Holler from Delray Books. Uh, of course, the armorer herself, Emily Swallow. I'm glad we were able to get her into safety at the guild, at the Smuggler's Guild, so she's protected. Hey, all of us guilds got to stay together. The Smuggler's Guild, working with the Bounty Hunter's Guild, working with everybody else. Yep. Hey, at least big, happy. At least our side of the Smuggler's Guild, we're more than welcome to help transport any Bounty Hunter that needs to go into hiding somewhere. Yes, whether they're wearing helmets or their children, either way. That too. For a nominal fee. Well, yeah, of course. One million credit. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we're smugglers. We're not pirates. Hey, a bar best car is fine. <laughs> yeah. Hondo may disagree, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't deal with Hondo. 
Nobody uh, deals with Hondo. Hondo deals with <laughs> Yes. So um, check out the homepage, which is updated. Ooh. Wow. Did y'all catch that? Why don't you go take a look at wikiradio.net and see for yourself since the gauntlet's been thrown. Mm-hmm. And nice. Emily mentioned that one picture on her Instagram, and I had to use that for her episode art, which is a gorgeous yeah, picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was fully updated, though. Huh? You're not fully updated because I looked at the guest tab, and you don't have links to the, to our interviews on here. Uh, see? I have the episodes there. I haven't. I got to go. This weekend, I can, this weekend I can work on a guest. Look at it, don't you, Ken? I'll, I'll get guest pictures up this weekend. Hey, if I let his head get too big, he can't put his helmet on. Hey, <laughs> it's not a helmet; it's a hat. <laughs> um, check Maybe out Canada. <laughs> check out the right hand side of the site. Uh, it's our affiliate. Support them. Supports us. Also, to check out our partner, Heroes and Villains. Uh, use the code SMUGGLERS for 15% off your first purchase. And again, like we said last week, they got some great-looking Mandalorian stuff. Uh, the new vintage toy line shirts look great as well. Um, also, to check out Found Me there. Um, again, use the code SMUGGLERS for 15% off your first purchase there for your Bluetooth trackers. Um, so, we do have quite a bit of news to cover tonight. Uh, what, some uh, Disney Plus stuff, some Rise of Skywalker, some park news, a um, few other things. But I want to start off, well, we'll start off with Disney Plus because this is a story that's not on here because I want to start this off as a discussion piece. I read, and it's from a site that we don't like to trust. It's a site that might as well be in the belly of a Sarlacc, but I mean, it's so bad, I don't want to mention their name. I don't want to give them credit. Um, but they mentioned a possible character appearing in Mandalorian 2 and could spin off their own show. Any guesses on who this character may be? No, that wasn't it. That was not it. <laughs> and that was not on my end. Is it, I it wasn't mine. I mine didn't make any noise as far as I know, but I don't know. Is, is it the Darth Maul rumor we've been hearing about? No. No, because Darth Maul, we've seen he dies before A New Hope. So he can't be a Mandalorian. Oh, unless, never say never. Yeah, unless they're trying to bring back the rumor that um, Boba's going to show up. Boba Fett. It's not Boba Fett. I know some things, some ideas of what we could they could do, but let's see what this rumor goes first. This rumor says Dr. Afra. Oh, okay. And she is to be played by Chloe Bennett. That'd be interesting. Now, when I first heard this, I'm like, uh, but Chloe Bennett's not Asian. Well, I was proven wrong on that. Her real name is Chloe Wang because her father is Asian. Her mother is not. Oh, that's right. But that's not who I want. Uh, as you've probably heard me talk about over on Mighty Marvel Geeks, that's not who I want as uh, what you call it as Doctor Afra. Yeah, who are you looking for? Ming Na Wen's already been on there. Yeah, it's not not Ming Na Wen. I, I don't. I still don't think it's her her character. I want Rinko Kikuchi. Okay, Gazuntite. <laughs> she played. Mako Mori in Pacific Rim. Okay. 
And I think she will be at about the right age for that late of a, of a role of uh, Dr. Afra. I think Chloe Bennett's still a little too young. Now, if it's Afra in, in a pre in a casting indoor series, and then getting her own spinoff for that time period, then Chloe Bennett is perfect. Yeah, but for post return, she's too young. Hang on, let me look here. But I think Rinko Kikuchi is is ideal. Well, what? she's thirty nine. Well, yeah, how so, old is yeah. Afra supposed to be? At uh, what point? Uh, they really don't specify. It, it's kind of hard. Yeah, I want to say between. Um, well, what is um is between her, her in in the books? She's what around the same age as Han, which put her about thirty four. Maybe well, uh, but actually could be younger. Maybe yeah, late twenties. Maybe late twenties. Yeah. Louis Bennett is um twenty seven right now. Yeah, like I said, she would be perfect for casting indoor or from for pre A New Hope. Or a spinoff during A New Hope, which, I'm sorry, we shouldn't be doing that because you're interfering with the comics, which is telling her tale now. Yeah, well, it depends. Uh, dep- like I said, it depends on um, where they put it, where the comics that they're doing are at, you know? Right. I haven't had a chance to read much in the way of comics, so. But if you're going post, uh, Rinko Kikuchi, Kiku- uh, she is, she's 39. Yeah, yeah late 30s. Which would put her in a perfect if, if Afra is supposed to be same age as Han. That would, this would be an ideal time period. Mandalorian would be perfect for her then. Possibly, and with me though, um, we know that the Mandalorian is looking for. Um, and actually, I was listening to other podcasts, and they were talking about Mandalorian also, how um, the armorer told him, and we see that um, the Mandalorians see the Jedi as just this race of wizards and stuff. Yeah. And they know this child belongs to that race, as far as they can tell. So I, what what Jedi do we know that are running around that he may run into? I mean, are we gonna, do we want to see an Ahsoka or an Ezra? Or do we want to just see Luke and are we going to run into some – maybe not Luke and Leia, but – Maybe people that have um, started to learn from Luke, you know? Right. Is it too early to have any apprentices running around? Or are we going to find an old grizzled Jedi that's been hiding, like Obi-Wan? Well, you... Because we know Jedi are going to fall somewhere. Right. You don't don't necessarily have to have Ahsoka as a Jedi. Yeah. But she could still easily take in the child to watch. Because there's been lots of rumors that Rosario Dawson wants to play Ahsoka. I still don't like that itself, but... Yeah, me either. I don't either. Especially with Dave Filoni and um, John Favreau running this, I don't see them wanting to recast if if there's any possible way to help it. If you can't do Ashley, you need to do someone similar to Ashley. Ashley. Because I think at this point in time, Ashley may be too small for the the adult Ahsoka role. I don't know. If you look in the um, the way that she was done in Rebels and stuff, that she still is not extremely tall. And there's a lot of stuff you can do to make someone yeah. that's mm. uh, yeah. small look bigger. Yeah. So, I mean, you got a forced perspective, but why? It, well, the, the factors helping this is Filoni running this. 
and we know that he likes to put his stuff in there. And he's every series he's done so far, other than Resistance, he's figured out how to get Ahsoka in there somewhere. Right. And Ahsoka is his character, you know? And he did get Ahsoka into Rise of Skywalker. Right. Mm-hmm. Technically, yes. I don't know if he did it, but yeah, they got him, got her in there. So, so it, it still comes down to the question of um, what? I mean, what do we? What happens with Afra? I mean, again, all right. I'm going to mention the site's name. It's we got this covered. It's the one who who dropped this news. Yeah, this is why hey, I don't I don't trust them. They're right about ten percent of the time. Yeah. Let's see if I could see. It's like right now I'm going to try and find this story real quick. And they they got Lucasfilm reportedly developing Poe Dameron origin movie. Uh, it, that's been thoroughly explored in multiple ways. Yeah. Well, they are still adding stuff to it because if you go with what was in the books and things, none of his spice or none of his um, criminal underworld stuff was in any of that stories. Right. Right. Yeah. The stuff with his mom and um, and Wedge and all that stuff, none of that had anything to do with him running around being a criminal. So, which makes me wonder, when did that become part of the story? Was it just so that it gave him a way to connect to Zori Bliss? So they added that in or what? Probably. Or was that supposed to be there? Who who knows? They figured he needed to be a little bit more like Han, maybe? Maybe. That's what I'm thinking. I think they, they just threw it in there. To um, him an excuse to, you know. It's like, see, I'm not, unless this is the story. I think that, that may be just another symptom of what um, we've seen with the, the sequel trilogy is they're giving the um, directors pretty much carte blanche to write what they want. And the story group has to go back and retcon anything that it contradicts. Mm. Instead of saying, hey, wait a minute, does this fit into the current story? If not, let's see if we can tweak it just a little to make it fit for correctly. Right. You know? It's the movies driving the driving the complete narrative of history, and not paying attention to it. I mean, that's I thought that's why we had the story group right. to make sure that everything's going to fit. Um. Okay, so they're taking their information from a, another site that I really haven't heard of called FlickeringMyth.com. Flickering Myth. Yeah. Sounds not really. That's find, totally legit. Totally. Uh, I'm looking at their staff list. It's no one I, I recognize. They're a UK blog, I guess. But they're saying that the rumor has it that um, Afro's coming to the Mandalorian. Or Dr. Afro is set for a Star Wars series on Disney Plus, which could be an origin of her, which yeah. that I'm, a f- I'm fine with, but I don't, I don't see how this is, oh, she's going to appear in Mandalorian second season. With that said, um, this, that sounds like a perfect character for a Filoni or someone to develop a new animated series around. Yeah. But I don't think I want to animate it. I, I, if we're going to do this, let's, let's bring her live action. Because we know we've already couple of live action going and it, so if you want to see a live action show you're going to be years out from now we've already got, the Cassian, thing. We've got Obi-Wan we've got got Cassie Nandor mm-hmm. what was that Derek Let's say the other thing is I don't know because she's a she's from the comics she she won't be as well known to the more mainstream fans but I think that's okay Mandalorian. <laughs> Look what it's done with the Mandalorian. 
And yeah, he he's totally he's totally original. Yes, but they created him for, for the show. Right. Yeah. And even um with him, the thing is you get the Mandalorian, but even casual people who have just seen the movies know what a Mandalorian is already. They know Boba Fett. Right. Right. The casual fan out there who just has seen the movies, you give them a um a Star Wars archaeologist, they're like, wait a minute, is this supposed to be just Indiana Jones? Are you gonna they're gonna be somewhat confused until you you got a lot more explaining to do. Mm. Right. If it's done but, proper. Hey, look, we know bounty hunters and we know what a Mandalorian is. That's all you need to know going into this. You know what right. those things are. Yeah, but if if done proper, she could take off and be a hit with no problem. Yeah. I think it would need a whole lot of background work to work on it. Because if you look through other series they're doing, The Mandalorian was the only totally original show. Everything right. else doing is based on something we've seen on screen already. Right. And then once again, it's something that people are familiar with. See, this is why I think, okay, bringing in Chloe Bennett to do it. Okay. I'm okay with it. If it takes place during a, and she appears in maybe one or two episodes of the Andor series. Yeah. And put her in that time period. And then you could, you've got all that room to build her up. Up until the point that of the comics, where well, she appears like said, in the I comics. I don't read the comics much. How much does she work with the underworld usually? Does she at all, really? Uh, yes, no. Uh, she works with well, the Empire. She works with the underworld. She works with the Rebellion. Um, I got one basically, point. basically, she's hiding. You know, she, essentially, she's working for Vader and the Empire, but she's still out there on her own, always looking. You know, watching her back, make sure she doesn't get a lightsaber thrust through her, through, through her to kill her. Okay. Well, I got another one to throw at you. If you want Chloe Bennett to go a little bit younger even, um, pick up some of the story threads that we draw, that were left open in Solo. And give us that Crimson Dawn series yeah. or some yeah. of those there and then work her into that. Introduce yeah. the character there, get to know the character, then spin her into her own series. Yeah, that's Ooh, that a, could be that's a strong possibility as well. Start with um, we've already got we know um, Ray Park loves doing um, Maul, or else he wouldn't have come back to do it. Right. And we've seen anybody who's ever seen him at a show anywhere. This guy loves that character. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give mm-hmm. us a series, but do a series where Darth Maul is one of the characters in it. But maybe it's a um, Kira sh- show, where she's taking over that um, spot from Crimson Dawn. Right. And she's spin off out of Solo. Solo doesn't even have to be in it, obviously, because this is not about him. He's moving off to do the right. learning more about something. This is going to get more into organized crime and things like that. We can you can right. do the cuts. You can see where did Hondo? Where does Hondo fit in at this point? Somewhere, you know what I mean? There's all these different things mm-hmm. you can throw in that were left over from the Clone Wars too. We can see a Cad Bane. You can see uh, Boba Fett um, transitioning over to what we end up seeing later. Right. And then you can work in, like I said, an Afra or a, um, any of these other characters that you want to see later, but it puts it there for people to see. And once again, this is something that spins out of something we've already seen. So people right. have a touch by saying, okay, this is where we're starting from. I, this is familiar. Then let's get weird. See, that's why I, I like the idea of put this pre Rogue One, pre A New Hope, because there's still all. A lot of realm there to explore. Yeah, well, Solo was, what, right. 10 years before uh, New Hope? Yeah. 15 years before, something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be a start, because uh, if Solo's in his early 20s, that means Afro would be her early 20s. Chloe Bennett's perfect time for her then. Exactly. And maybe that has something to do with it, is um, 
Crimson Dawn has to hire her to do something, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's a good one yeah, to introduce her. There's something they found out about, some ancient relic that is going to do something for them or they can make some cash off of, so they got to hire an archaeologist to go find it. Mm. <coughs> so, that's the thought. I would love to see Afra become a live, a live character and not animated, not um, not just in the comics. Uh, it's just at this point in time, what period do we put her in? And I think we we threw out some great ideas with that. Even with Mandalorian, though, think. Perhaps that becomes a thing where he knows who Afra is, and he goes to Afra to find about um, find out about this child. Does yeah. she know anything about this race? Being that she's an archaeologist, yeah. and all these things like that. Yeah. Does she understand what the what's going on? Right. Since so she would be known to the underworld and the Empire and to everybody else. And see, if she does appear in the Mandalorian, that means they can't kill her off in the comics because canon <laughs> says she lives through Return of the Jedi. Hey, I don't think they're know. going to kill her off. Darth Maul's died at least twice. That's true. 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 Anyway, continuing it's a on. Unless you've seen the body, he's not dead. And even if you've seen the body, it's still a 90% chance he could come back. Right. Uh, according to E.T. Online, yes, it's Entertainment Tonight. Um, yes, I remember the theme song. Why? I don't know. And I haven't watched that show in forever. Um, Diego Luna is saying that the Rogue One prequel series will shoot this year. Uh, that, I don't think surprise. I don't think it's a big surprise either because they need stuff to happen for next year. Yeah, we're expect- I was expecting yeah. this for 2021 anyway. Yeah. Did, um, um, go ahead. Did either of you happen to catch him on Conan O'Brien the other night? No. Uh-uh. Uh, it was so funny. <laughs> He was talking about about um, working with Alan Tudyk as when he plays K two S O, and he was basically saying, "I'll put this. I'll try to put this as family friendly as possible." They don't. They have Alan Tudyk there uh, walk walking around on stilts. So whenever whenever uh, he would interact with Alan, let's just say he wouldn't be looking him in the face. <laughs> Yeah, Diego's not that tall, is he? No. no. Well, did you ever hear about the story between uh, Alan Tudyk and and uh, Anthony Daniels? I think I heard have, but go ahead. Yeah, to, yeah. to pretty much paraphrase uh, it, Anthony Daniels despised Alan Tudyk because he didn't have to wear a costume. He just had uh, to walk around on stilts oh, yeah. all day. Yeah, but if you yeah. actually look, he wear a costume because he's got the suit, the the mocap suit, and all that stuff going. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, originally, I guess the show was supposed to start filming last year. Um, but he, as he's out promoting Narcos Mexico, uh, he says, we're doing it. We're doing, we're doing it this year. It's happening and I'm getting ready for it. Uh, he says he knows very little about what's in store, but has read some scripts and he's excited about it. He goes, I can't wait. It's really cool to tell a story where you're, where you already know the ending. <laughs> so when we had Shannon yeah, Carter yeah. on and she was going, no, they lived. No, they died. Shannon. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As we tried to say, they were, uh, Jen and Cassian definitely were a hot couple. They, mm-hmm. they melted in each other's arms with love. 
Okay, not just love. Um, because it's... <laughs> uh, it's a different approach because of the beauty and how things happen. Um, it's not just what happens. It's not the typical way of approaching a story. It's about how things happen, which in fact is the same that happened in Rogue One. You know the ending, but you don't know how it happened. And we have that challenge in front of us again, It's which is exciting. Um, it was supposed to start shooting last year uh, with Diego and Alan returning in their roles. Um, but the show will follow the adventures during the formative years of the Rebellion uh, before the events of Rogue One. Um, I personally am hoping this picks up after the Cassian Indoor one Marvel one shot comic. Oh yeah. yeah. Of how the two of them I'm, met. This, yeah. I wonder if this is going to be, well, yeah, it would have to be after that then. Cause K2 is in this. Yeah. But uh, I'm wondering if this isn't going to take place somewhat during the years of um, rebels. So we can see a different area where the rebels are building because rebels TV series introduced us to how did this cell grow and actually um, hurt the Empire and join up with the larger rebellion. Right. Well, maybe that's something like this is going to explore also. Maybe Cassian was part of another organization or another cell that was working all by themselves. Well, he is part of the big enough square. Wasn't he part of Mon Mothma's cell? I don't know if they actually said that ever. Or was he part of uh, the general cell? Yeah, I don't remember. We know he was in intelligence. That's all I think we know. Yeah, but the intelligence for who? Yeah. Well, Mon Mothma wasn't in charge of the spies, as far as I know. And actually, I don't remember when exactly she took over as supreme leader or whatever of the Rebellion. So we don't even see her until Return of the Jedi. I mean, we know she's involved. Uh, I actually know. We we now see her in Rogue One. Oh, yeah. So. So she's been moved up into Rogue One. Um... His affiliations, according to Wikipedia, is Confederacy of Independent Systems, uh, which within that, an insurrectionist cell, and then the Alliance to Restore the Republic. Um, That's Alliance. <clears throat> Rebel Alliance Intelligence Service, uh, Alliance Army, and then Rogue One. So who was the head of Alliance to Restore the Republic? Mon Mothma was the de facto leader of that group. Well, that's okay. the that's the group main group that became the rebellion, I believe. Right, which would have been as she left uh, would have taken place what around season three of Rebels when she has left the Imperial Senate. Don't remember. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Let me. Let me look it up here real quick. Now, to be part of the Confederacy of Independent Systems, um, he was part of... That goes back to... um, Clone Wars. That's the uh, Clone Wars. Which would have been Dooku as head of state. Yeah. Which essentially would have formed the the rebellion. The rebellion would potentially come out of that. I think it, it was factions out of there. I don't think it was the main body of the Confederacy. Right. I just got to think the main body of the Confederacy was made by the Trade Federation and all these other ones that were basically um, working for the Emperor. And I'm assuming as soon as he became the Empire, he de- disbanded all of that. Well, remember, he sent um, 
Darth Vader to destroy them all. Right. The entire leadership of the Confederacy mm-hmm. was gone. But the but the the thoughts and ideals of what Dooku was pitching to Obi Wan is everything that the rebellion turned in is what turned into the rebellion. Yeah. And the difference in leadership made all the difference. Exactly. Mm. When you added uh, Bale and uh, Mon Mothma and um, some of the generals and stuff, that made a big difference in the way the Confederacy was run. Yep. Or the rebellion was run. Yep. So, um... It brings up another interesting point, though. If you look, for the most part, the Emperor and Darth... Or the Emperor especially, in the entire series, especially in the um, prequels, doesn't ever lie. He pretty much tells the truth from his point of view, from everything he says. Everybody's telling Anakin, telling all these other ones. And the, um, and it's, that's why it looks like the Jedi are trying to keep all these secrets, because they actually are. They're holding back different things that they don't, they're trying to control information when the Emperor's actually just, even Darth Sidious is telling exactly what it is. Right. Now, uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, Andor was a child soldier in 20 BBY by tossing rocks and bottles at Republic walkers and clone troopers. Sometime during the Clone Wars, when Andor was still young, uh, his father was killed at the Caridia Academy during a protest against expansion of Republic militarism. Hmm. So prior to Zero BBY, he joined the Alliance to restore the Republic after being recruited by General Draven. Holding the rank of captain, he served as an officer in the Alliance's intelligence branch. So they don't say how how much further before zero BBY that was. Yeah. So it couldn't be too much for before, you know. True. He said, "I think we're still within the five years." Oh. I was like, both all rebels would have been running. The alliance was formed when it was formed by five BBY unofficially established two BBY officially yeah. according, to, according to canon. So this series. If he's actually, if this series is part of the actual rebellion proper, it's within two years of Rogue One. Or I don't think that I don't think they're going to put it that close because it limits how long you can actually run the series. Or you go, right? Or you yeah. go five years before Rogue One, which and do like Rogue... suggested and watch another direction of them building it. Exactly, and tie it and tie it in with Rebels. And with that, we could get Ahsoka there as well with her, um, oh, can't even think of the alias's name. Fulcrum? Fulcrum, yeah. I don't see them going that far with it. I see if there's going to be, it'll be during the same time, obviously, but if they're going to do anything for Rebels, it'll be referencing, like, um, he'll have a report come through from Lothal that this is happening. I don't think we're going to see any of the characters actually open it. He's a different part of the galaxy is what they're going to say. Yeah, I agree. So you got to remember, in Rebels, they really didn't leave Lothal very much. Or if they did, it was still in the same general vicinity. Right. So I don't even think we're going to see Thrawn or any of them. This will be a... Cassians will be a totally different area of the galaxy. Right. But but Fulcrum was used to... But Ahsoka, a.k.a. Fulcrum, was used to to link the cells together. Or she, she was used to, as you remember, the first season. Yeah. Because it's her that introduces the ghost crew to Balog to Belagana. Then, if anything, we'll see maybe some of her reports come through or something. Yeah. Or actually, they could almost even use the footage from Rebels if you're using it in hologram form. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah. 
without changing anything. You can take that exact same message, maybe enhance it a little bit and um, clean it up so that it looks better in live action, but it's still in a hologram form, so it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. I mean, there's so many different possibilities here, but I, mm-hmm. I think it, I think it should take place five BBY, and as you had stated, we're now looking at the events beforehand on a different point of view, different side of the universe from Rebels. Yeah. Because the Outer Rim's pretty big. Now, this could also be where another place where you could have Black Sun, or not Black Sun, um, Crimson Dawn or something involved, or the Pikes, or some of these other, because he's in the, um, he's in the spy and intelligence, so your underworld would be a, um, a oh, yeah, totally way of getting all the information. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't think it's going to be the actual successor to Solo. No. Because we're not going to be that close to Solo. But I think we'll see what um, what in that extra 10 years or five years, whatever it is away from Solo, what's happened to, somewhat in there. Yeah. Because the Underworld has as many agents out there as the Rebel, Rebellion and the Empire have. Yeah. Well, it's so, so, always had three factions, not just one or not just the two. And, and who's to say that um, who, who's to say that we don't see Solo briefly Orlando briefly in the indoor series or Andor series. I think they'll wait a while, second, maybe third season at the most. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think we made we could think- reference to them. What was that, Derek? I was gonna say it because they're gonna I think they're gonna want to try to establish him on, on his own at least at first. Right. Just has to see. I, I think yeah. part of it is too. Yeah. We need to go back and take a look um, at when the Cassian Indoor series takes place, or that one shot. Actually, I could do that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while I'm doing that, I'm going to go ahead and take us into the next story. Oh, this is interesting. Well, hang on. Okay. I guess Continue um, on. Cassian Andor has also had the title of Fulcrum. Really? According to Wikipedia, he's also known by the aliases of Willix, H, uh, Jorth Sward, and the title Fulcrum. Huh. Fulcrum may have been a blanket term used by intelligence for um, a deep cover agent. Right. Because we've seen at least two before this, because Callus, remember, was also Fulcrum. Right. So maybe it's just it's in the title yeah. uh, assigned to whoever's like in a certain position. Right. right. So Fulcrum, Fulcrum. Fulcrum isn't a person. Fulcrum is a is a. It's a, a title. Yeah, it's, it's a, a title. title. Yeah. Now, let's see. It was a title used with several rebel informants in the years leading up to the Battle of Yavin. Former Sokotano, Callus. Cassian Andor of the Rebel or the Alliance to Restore the Rebellion was a Fulcrum recruitment agent in the Albario sector. Okay, uh, you're looking. At, what's it say about uh, Wekakoe? Who? W e c a c o e. Because I remember seeing that. I'd have to look him up. Uh, you're there on his Wikipedia page. Well, I'm on Fulcrums right now, but I'll go back. Because. Okay. It's around that period he find mission to Wakakoi is where he meets up with uh, K2SO. Let's see if there's a time frame here. They don't mention it. I'm looking in the book, and they don't give a time period either. Of course not. 
Yeah, isn't that isn't that fun? Mm-hmm. How well, convenient. that way they don't have to. Um, they don't have to lock it in, right? Yeah, they make it as fluid as they need. But they kind of need to. They kind of need to lock it in. Okay, well, by five. in this series, they probably will. But mm. okay. So, according to Wikipedia, they say when this takes place. Nope. What good are they? <laughs> it's a Rogue One adaptation. One yeah, I got one other way to look for this. Ah, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at K2SO's entry. It says at some point. The droid encountered Captain Cassian Andor, a member of the Resistance movement known as the Rebel, Rebel Alliance. At some point, yeah, yeah, they, a, yeah. They've purposely not locked that down yet, is what it is. They yeah. created was twelve BBY, so it was within twelve years before Yavin. Yep. Does does that mean? Uh, wait, that gives new light to uh, the droids were the. The KX series security droid was deployed as early as 14 BBY. So that means Jedi Fallen Order takes place at the earliest 14 years before A New Hope. Yeah. Mm. Because we see the KX security droids in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Which is right, because we're within five to seven years after um, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. So I would say definitely let, let's go right around that five BBY time period. Yeah, this series is going to be taking place at the same time as Rebels. Perfect. But let's, like I said, I guarantee they're not going to make – if they make any references, it'll be like the, a report from them or something like that. Right. Yeah, definitely. Because they're not going to want to um, cast uh, and lock in this person is this person from Rebels, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. I think if we see characters from Rebels, it'd be radio transmissions, and you could easily bring in the original voice actors for that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, now, um, Disney Parks blog is reporting, and we could talk about this because this is official park news or an official park release. Uh, it's happening. It's happening. Um, okay. And this is for California, but it's happening here in Florida as well. The Millennium Falcon is going to be offered as a fast pass option. I heard about that, yeah. Which is great, but uh, originally, oh, it's the Magic Bands they're not doing in California. They are doing the fast pass. Well, it's also going to be offered as a fast pass option in California as well. Uh, It's going to be what's called a tier one option. So for like at studios, it's going to be uh, Slinky Dog and Millennium Falcon. So you choose one of those. You can't choose both. You choose one, and then they go to, um, and then you could choose two from either a show or another ride. Well, that means um, the crowds have dipped enough because of Rise of Resistance to now make Smuggler's Run a, a fast pass option. Yeah. So... Uh, I think that's a great idea. Um, the lines were already set up for it to begin with before you got there. I mean, before they well, yeah, opened. At this, at this point, they set that up for every ride they make. It doesn't matter what it is, yeah. riding a track. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> but sticking with the park news, uh, Star Wars 
A Galaxy Far, Far Away, which is a great show at Hollywood Studios, uh, is to close. It will be closing. Um, I have not seen there's there's YouTube videos of it. Um, we got to see it firsthand when we did the Star Wars tour back in 2017. Uh, and I think we talked about that tour here on air in our early stages of the show. God, can you believe that was the early stages when we were still doing it like twice a week, not weekly? Twice a week? <laughs> or th- twice a month. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Pre, pre us joining uh, Sorcerer Radio, the fine folks at yeah, Sorcerer Radio. Um, in the show, you got classic moments from the Skywalker saga and beyond and are brought to life with characters that you know and love, including Ray, Chewie, Vader, Ren, and more. Um, currently, there is no set end date for the show, but it is closing. Um, now, there's a lot of rumors and speculation, and this is where I have to be careful because uh, it may be on the cast portal. I have not looked, um, but it seems to only make sense that the show will run through the end of February before it goes down because um, the new ride in the, the Chinese theater show building opens, which is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and that's supposed to open on the 4th of March. Hmm. Um, so it could be that, well, and it also could be right now, too, that the show is just going to close for one week because of that as well. But eventually it is closing this year. Okay. Which, okay, I, it's it's been running for at least three years, four years almost. It, it's It's time. It's had a good run. It's time for something new. Um, cause the show really didn't touch much on I me. Mean, yeah. If you see a newer version, they did add some views of, um, of, uh, solo in it. And you had the death troopers from rogue one. That was about it. There was really nothing major yeah. rogue one related or solo related. Um, I'm actually watching right now. Cause the, um, the story we pulled up for this actually has the YouTube link to the show. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how old the show is. I don't know. It doesn't say. No, but I could t- if there if there's solo stuff in it, then it's 2018. I don't know. Right now, they we saw Tatooine. I saw it. Um, there's Chewie. Darth Maul came out. They had Chewie, Boba Fett. Now they're on the Rebel Blockade Runner. See, this is, came out. this is a younger Chewie. Here comes Vader. Yeah, there's Boba. Uh, like I said, Death Troopers make a small appearance. Here comes Kylo Ren, I believe. Because here you can hear him on see him on the screen. Yeah, there's first order trooper. Now that trooper. that was cool too. Like at the end of this, you see the first order troopers on one side and the stormtroopers on the other. I just wish they had clone troopers as well, so you could see the three generations. Well, they do have Kylo and um, Phasma on the screen at the same time, or not on the screen, but the actors on stage. Yeah, I'm kind of fast forwarding it through here to this. This is this has got to be. This may be 2017, because there's no Ray. Okay. There's no Ray actor. Boba, Chewie, and R2-D2 BB-8's coming up to the floor. Then you got the two different troopers. Oh, this is a, yeah, this is a curtain call here, so it'll be all the actors that were in it. This is from April of 2016. I was right. Okay. So this is the original incarnation of the show. Yeah. Yep. But there's there's newer versions of the video out there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. Better versions of lightsabers. The lightsabers, they're about the same. Yeah, because the lightsabers that they have on here, I mean, there's not much you could do in reality to have a lightsaber look really cool, but it, they almost look like Hasbro lightsabers. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're they're definitely the they they may have been the the higher end Hasbro uh the Black Series or Yeah. Or almost master replica. Whatever Hasbro uses as the replacement of the the master replica series sabers. I want to know, because remember about a year ago, or maybe two years ago, where Disney filed a patent for something that looked like it was actually a lightsaber. It would send a beam and, and actually stop in midair somehow. You know what I mean? It was when they were filing all the yeah, patents, yeah. the yeah, trademarks for um, Galaxy's Edge. Has there been anything that might that you've seen out there that you that you can talk about, or just say I can't say anything? But have you anything that hints at what that was they were talking about? I I think the the only thing I could think of that it may that the initial stuff was for was the um, what we what we see with the current lightsabers now, where you could take one blade and then with the Kyber crystal dictate what the color of your saber is. I think that's yeah, truly the technology it, that like was actually a true light beam. No, I don't. I don't think it is. Now I don't know how the inside of the blade works. If that's just straight yeah. LED strips, or if that's a similar thing, I'm not sure. I'm assuming it's a LED strips inside of it. But the blades are are a lot crisper than than I've seen from like Hasbro or Ultra Sabers or stuff like that. Yeah. So, um. I'm just looking at our at our time, trying to figure out. Uh, we just had the Oscars, mm-hmm. and even with some of the bunch of people being left out of the Oscars, like Luke Perry, Cameron Boyce, um, I I think Luke Robert Perry. Luke Perry passed away, and he was he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and yeah. he was left off the in memoriam. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. The whole there's been stories all week about it. Well, oh, maybe I'm thinking of the Golden Globes. Uh, yeah. Um, one person who did not get overlooked was Peter Mayhew. Yes. Which, if he had gotten overlooked, man, there would have been a lot of backlash. Oh. Uh, even though we never saw his face on screen, I mean. He brought on one of the most iconic characters to the big screen. Um, so uh, when they showed this, Billy Elish was singing yesterday. And, of course, a lot of the names in this was Rip Torn, Kobe Bryant, who only reason why Kobe is there is because he won the Oscar last year. He did. Um, he did. Uh, Doris Day, Peter Fonda. Uh, again, there was no Cameron Bryce, and he appeared in a few movies, uh, including the two grown-up films with Adam Sandler. Uh, Luke Perry, uh, Robert Conrad. Uh, there were a few others that got left off the list. Well, Robert Conrad was um, within the last couple of weeks. Well, then again, so was Kobe but, Bryant. But you know what? Kobe, Kobe, if they got Kobe Bryant a full montage the day of the Grammys when he died that morning, they were able to do something that night. They could have put Robert Conrad in there too. Yeah. Sorry. The way Hollywood work, the way editing works today, something like that. You didn't need to put clips of him and add him speaking, but you know, like to do with others. But you could put name and you know birth year and death year, whatever, whatever to nineteen or to twenty twenty. 
yeah. easily could have been done. Um, the actor, uh, Peter Mayhew, returned one last time to play Chewie in Force Awakens before Jonas Samoto officially took over. Um, after the Oscars have featured Mayhew in their segment, uh, Satamo took to Twitter to share more kind words about his mentor. Because I was glad the hashtag Oscars honored my dear mentor, predecessor, and friend Peter Mayhew. The Star Wars family will remember him and the greatness of his spirit, and I will always cherish our time collaborating on The Force Awakens as we sought to bring back Chewie to a new generation, which is only appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, this isn't the first time Jonas has written about Mayhew since his passing. He also wrote a kind and lengthy tribute after he died, uh, which you can find that on comicbook.com if you go searching for it. Uh, the story is on comicbook.com as well. Um, Mayhew was one of the people honored Sunday uh, while a few big names were left out of the segment, uh, like we've been talking about, such as Luke Perry, Cameron Bryce, and Sid Haig. How do you leave Sid Haig off of this as well? You know, I don't recognize what's what was he? Sid Haig was known for horror films. Ah, okay, that's probably why I don't know him. Yeah. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Is, oh, yeah. okay, I recognize him now. Yeah, I mean, he, he's that. F- the horror, none of the horror movies I've ever seen, though, is the thing. Right, but he's got a strong background. Yeah. Um, so hey, I should have known it. Well, I still got to watch it, but he was in Jason of Star Command. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah. And then, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, uh, shows what BBA can do. Uh, again, from comicbook.com. Um, yeah. I didn't realize there was an update until I, right before show, and I saw, hey, look, there's a new yeah. Battlefront 2 icon. Sometime, sometime in the last couple of weeks, um, Last two two weeks or maybe three weeks, they put in a big new update. Um, What's they today? Added, uh, no, no, no. It's been well. It's been out before that on Xbox, but um, they added BB8, BB9E, in um, as the playable characters. But also they added in the um, oh, now I'm drawing a blank. Which mode is it where you actually have to fight up and down off the ships? That's um, oh crud. But they added the new campaign uh, mode? from yeah in campaign mode no 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 um, yeah I've drawn a total blank but they added the new planet from the Rise of Skywalker the Rebel ba- or the Rebellion or wow I'm doing really well <laughs> I'm describing this fantastically you're right there with me but the new resistance base the new resistance base world has been added and you can play with that it, it, um, so now in that in that mode you can play as either. Um, Droids versus clones, or resistance versus first order. Okay, you choose one of those sides, and but okay. yeah, these two were added in there, and it's different. It's a different type of character now for a hero character. Are we talking? I'm not going to just play as either one of them yet. Are we talking capital supremacy? That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, because there's another newer game mode that they added. Also, uh, you got Galactic Assault. Yeah, capital supremacy, heroes yeah. versus villains, co-op. Hero Showdown, Starfighter Assault, Hero Starfighter, Strike, Blast, Ewok Hunt, Extraction, and Jetpack Cargo. Co-op is the newest one I found. Is another newer recent one. That is amazing. That's the one that's either you choose one of the four sides. You choose either um, Resistance or First Order, or you can go um, Droids versus Clones. And then you can drop them in one of the battles there. Okay. And it's like a four-on-four co-op or something like that. It's fun. And actually, you get pretty good experience out of that one, too, because there's so many. It's such a smaller amount of people playing. 
Okay. But I've not got a chance to do either BB-8 or BB-9E yet. But they're, it's interesting because they're more of a support, almost like um, you use officers for. So I'll let you go through and read the description. <laughs> yeah, I got to get back on there. I, I still got to get back and continue with Fallen Order. No, I have not completed it yet. So I haven't either yet. I'm taking my time with. I'm it. back. I'm back. Oh, it's amazing. I'm back on Zepho for the second time. Only yep. the second time. <laughs> hey, no. Well, like I said, follow it. When it tells you go somewhere else, go somewhere else. You'll have plenty of time to come back and 100 percent the game if you do it in a linear fashion. You yeah, don't I, have to go back and try to get new stuff. Is, is that a first order ship on the back on on your tail? <laughs> um. Also, too, Kelly Moran or Kelly Marie Tran um, was at the Oscars as well. She had a small part in the show, and she talked briefly about her uh, the criticism that came with her screen time and how, uh, which was minimal compared to her larger supporting role in Last Jedi. Uh, she goes, "When when you're in something of that caliber, there's always people working to make something out of love." No matter what you do, there's always going to be people who aren't happy with that. I'm really grateful that I got to be a part of it. I think I'm just amazed at the way that J.J. Abrams was able to sort of wrap up all these incredible stories. There's so many characters. I got to be part of something bigger than me, and that's really special. And I'm sorry, I don't understand. I still don't understand what the beef is with her, about her character. Um, I, I thought her I character was a brush of... What was, was a nice fresh of air in Last Jedi, and I really loved how she earned the stronger role in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I think it's just the... the um, beef is a blush, but that's what it is. Yeah. They're, they think she should have had more screen time, more than... She was only on screen for, what, less than five minutes? Yeah, uh, that I agree with. I think she should more screen time in, in Rise of Skywalker. But but you got to look at also in Rise of Skywalker, who would have had less screen time to have her be part of the group, you know? Mm, there was so true. much going on and so many characters that there was someone had to been, you know? It, it was almost as if Rise of Skywalker was a, uh, um in-game type vibe with all the characters yeah. that were in it. So I mean, it really, if you watch um, when she's in the uh, last Je- and yeah, last Jedi and then Rise of Skywalker, really her character, she's a mechanic. Right now, she got an upgrade, obviously, in Rise of Skywalker. She was Leia's right hand woman. Leia wanted her to get everything ready, and um, and she plays her mechanic role in Rise of Skywalker, where she's looking up all the information she can about the older uh, Star Destroyers, knowing that if we don't have this information, we're going to get slaughtered. Right. She becomes like a resource officer in many, many yeah. ways. So she got a promotion, even though she got less screen time. Well. <laughs> but you're not going to make anybody happy. Yeah. But I think it's good that people wanted to see more of her after the whole Last Jedi. Right. I agree. I still think a lot of that with Last Jedi, that was a very, very vocal, very, very, very small minority of people. The problem is they got I big really all, hope so. all of it is I, and this and the sad part is uh, it's sort of like with a lot of the stuff in in the media um you know it, it's the media to blame for it well it's people it, publicizing all the negativity that just continues to fuel Mm-mm. the negativity and it goes back to th- something we've said for since the beginning of this show. I've said it on all my other shows. If you like something, say something about it. 
get it out there. Tell everybody, hey, I'm enjoying this. This is great. Because the people who don't like it, they are out there doing that. Yeah. And if if we're not throwing the positive vibes out there, those negative vibes are the only things you're going to see. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it looks like, oh, the entire fan base hated something. No. Three people out of 7,000 hated it. Problem is, the other 697,000, whatever, um, didn't say anything. Right. Get out there. Send the positive vibes out. If you're enjoying something, if you're having a good time with it, let everybody know. That's the only way we're going to change this is if um, if we get out there and actually make it a big deal that we're having fun with something. Right. Yeah. Because the media will, and we can change the media. There's a lot of us out there. There's more of us than there are them. And if you make a big enough noise, they have to pay attention. Right. So I know that's the same soapbox I'm always standing on, but that's... Well, the, I think it, it this needs one to be said we, all the time. You need to be reminded of it. This one we've all been standing on. Mm-hmm. I've been sitting. Okay, well, you can sit. <laughs> Lazy. We'll bring your chair up onto the stage with us or onto the soapbox. How's that sound? <laughs> yes, please. Hey, who builds you a throne out of soapboxes? Now we're talking. <laughs> anyway. That's, that's the whole thing. And we have to, and we have, and it's like we're beating a dead horse, but you got to do it. You got to remind people if you're having fun, tell people about it. Yes. Put it out there Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever else you got out there you're playing with. I don't know about this TikTok thing. Yeah. I, I'm too old for TikTok. Yeah, I don't quite understand it myself. But there's oh, my, my, t- my, t- my TikTok goes clip clop. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, but we have plenty of um, other smugglers out there and other friends that do do that type of stuff that they they can get our positive vibes out to there. Hey, look look at our interview with Emily and Tom and even with the other podcasters that are part of this Star Wars podcasting community as well. It's all love. There's no hate. So And you don't have to love everything. But when you do love something, talk about it. <laughs> Just don't go looking for love in Alderaan places. Yeah, it doesn't result in a good place, usually. All right, I think it's time. (laughs) You start to see your heart crumble in front of you. Yeah. Um, Any final thoughts? I think I just gave you my final thought. (laughs) Derek? I got nothing. I'm just going to leave you all with this. How do we know Mace truly died? Because he went out the window. Ouch. Well, hey. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge.